everyone. Happy Monday. Oh, I've got my disguise on. I've always wondered what it would what would it look like if I just drew on a mustache and some eyebrows. And uh, now I feel like I know a little bit. This is a good feeling. Uh, this is one of the uh, lovely benefits of being on the Book of Faces is that you get to do this. I'm looking for my magic mirror so I can say hello to everybody. Oh, greetings. Greetings to all. Uh, Sister Sue is here. Um, oh, goodness sakes, why? Where? Where? How come? Oh, I think. Anyway, greetings, everyone. Happy Monday and uh, welcome aboard M Motivational Monday. Dave, uh, Rachel, who else is here? Let's take a look here. Um, keys got pants. Nope. Good for you. Good for you. Pantsless on a Monday, as usual. Um, Christopher, howdy doody. Darren, this day in 1858 in Bloomington, Illinois, nothing particularly interesting happened. Well, we don't know that for sure. I think that's an assumption, Darren. Um, I think that's a, a, an assumption, but, uh, but, but again, we don't know that for sure. I'm going to see if I can take this mustache, turn off the mustache now. Um, you think that's going to work? You think that's going to work? Oh, it works. Hmm, quick shave. Quick shave. Keith, hello uh, from Florida. Uh, by South Carolina, good for you. <laughs> yes, hello, Julie. I've removed my disguise. So it's me. It's me, Jake, everybody. Happy Monday. Um, I have already... I'm about to go in the ocean after the show. I haven't been in the ocean yet today, but I did go to my first uh, jiu-jitsu class Monday, Monday, Monday uh, at noon. There was a small turnout of vaccinated and uh, brave individuals, and I bent my th bent my thumb back. I can't. My hand doesn't work right, so it's off to. I'm off to a great start. Uh, great start. Yes, I had a unibrow, Darren um, Scott. Hello, kind of resembled uh, that opening visual effect. Well, you can't win them all. Um, it was mustache spelled across my lip. Keys. It was a disguise that was suggested to me by the Book of Faces, and I took them up on it, because why, why the hell not? Um, so yeah, so um, so being back at jujitsu was great. Uh, so I went to the noon class today. There's there's two basic instructors, and my f main guy that I have taken most of my classes with is the 7 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursday guy. So I'm going to go see him tomorrow. Uh, hopefully my hand works again <laughs> by morning. I'm really painting a great picture of how much fun it is, huh? Um, so, um, so I've got, I, I went into the archive notebook for Motivational Monday today, uh, and this is the printout of a file that's on my phone all the time. Yo, Brad. Um, so, <clears throat> this is applicable with my little injury. I can move my thumb. It just is, ow. It just is a little bit sore. I'm hoping the cold water is going to be helpful. I've already ice bowled it and then put some arnica, arnica on it. Um, all right. This, for Motivational Monday, these are, these are quotes and things that, I, that I've written down. And so I have this little paragraph of ones that I thought I would do today. Um, motivate. Yeah, it's ready to go. Uh, there's a lot of people in the No Pants Club now, Keys. You've really started a thing. All right. Don't cry to give up. Cry to keep going. And uh, I thought that was a good one. You know, everybody feels like they got to have a good cry 
every once in a while you feel beat down and uh, and beaten and you cry and your instinct is that you're giving up but if you think about it the other way around I just really like that one don't cry to give up cry to keep going have yourself a cry pull your pants up get out get right back out there um, feeling lost is part of being found um, and then these, these ones here, I, I, I really like this. I, I listened to a woman on a podcast who had a, a near death experience. She survived, uh, an otherwise, uh, usually fatal illness. And, uh, she came out of it feeling like, um, the key to everything was loving yourself. What would I do today if I loved myself? And I think that's a good, that's a good one. That one is, feels, that one hits home to me sometimes. Sometimes I'm feeling insecure and I don't feel like I can get out there and do, um, and do what I need to do. You know, I'm having a good cry. I'm having trouble pulling my pants up and get out, getting out there and getting going. And I have to say to myself, what would I do if I loved myself? How would I take care of myself? How would I give myself the pep talk that I wish someone else was giving me right now to uh, put me back out there on the road to where I want to be going. You know, your ability to work, your only work is to love yourself, value yourself and embody the truth of self-worth and self-love so that you can be love in action. Love yourself for who you are, not what people want or think you should be. I think that's a good one too. Because, uh, you know, especially when you're young, your parents have all these desires for who they want you to be. And sometimes people think that you're sort of a... Sometimes people can have the wrong idea about you. They can think that you're a jerk or a loser, but that doesn't matter. You love yourself how you know you are. Um, Sue Friend, I've got a... I can't believe he's calling me at 306. He knows better than this. Um... Love yourself for who you are, not who people want uh, or think you should be. Ask where I'm not being myself, how I can value myself more. Um, first, you have to prove to yourself that you are worthy of love before you can experience it. And I think that's a true one, too. Um, sometimes people feel like they're, they're down on them, their, their own self-esteem. And uh, what they really think is, if someone else loved me, that would fix this whole thing. But if you don't, if you don't love yourself, if you don't feel like you're worthy of love, you're not going to trust the other people that they really love you. Like they, if they really knew who you were, which is who you th think you are, which is wrong, um, they would not love you. So you, someone else's love can't help you until you love yourself. Or if you feel like you don't have someone else loving you, ask yourself if maybe that's that's not you yourself who can change something about how you feel about yourself. Self-esteem is the key to high performance. That was a thing that, uh, God, who was that guy? Uh, oh, I can't think of his name right now, but he's a real hard ass motivational guy. Uh, and his, and he was, he's really hard on the people that he's coaching and self-esteem is the key to high performance. I really think that he's right about that, that you have to, love yourself you have to believe in yourself in order in order for you to authorize yourself to go out there and do what needs to be done for you to be successful 
Um, <laughs> man, you guys are really in a good, no, nobody, <laughs> no, nobody's in here. Everybody's, uh, uh, Darren, you really need to bottle up some emotions. You also need really actually to accept yourself for who and what you are. Perfection is impossible. You do need to remember that. Yeah, nobody's perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. Um, but you've got the right to go out there and make mistakes as much as the next guy, as much as any successful person or any quote-unquote loser, because loser is, is a label that other people put on you. Uh, it doesn't apply to you. you got to know better about who you are yourself. Hopefully you're not sitting at, if you are sitting at home thinking, I'm a loser, you need to work on that. You need to, you need a software upgrade is what I'm trying to say. You got to upgrade your own software before you can get out there and do what needs to be done. Self-esteem is the key to high performance. So ask yourself where you're not being yourself. How can you value yourself more and prove that you are worthy of love to yourself before you can experience it from anyone else? So that, that's my motivational Monday for today. Um, that's what I wrote down here. And then also, this is one of my favorite little <laughs> quotes, things that you, nobody likes for someone to say, hey, you need to relax or calm down, but relax the fuck up is a seriously funny thing <laughs> that you can say to someone who is, as long as, I think they got to take that as a joke, even if they're being a tense, uh, tight wound maniac. <laughs> if you tell someone to relax, they hey, relax the fuck up. Uh, hopefully they're going to laugh and that's going to diffuse that. Scott, you're saying 45 degrees and sprinkling there this morning. Uh, you still may get a chance to wear the wool shirt that showed up in the mail a couple weeks back. Well, geez, fingers crossed. Um, now the sun's coming back out, 72 and a half degrees. Yeah, it's nice here, too. We're about 72. We have these little caterpillars that are dangling from the trees. You go for a walk, and when you get back, you're covered in these things. I don't know what they are, Keys, but you got to watch out. I've been down to uh, New Orleans before, and they have these caterpillars. I can't remember what they're um what they're called but uh, they they land on you and they can sting you a hot sting uh that's terrible doesn't sound like that's what you're dealing with but they are a southern thing rachel you love that phrase authorize yourself i'm glad you like that i i like that authorize yourself too and that's what believe me i think a lot of people who want to become comedians take classes in stand-up comedy and you can learn some techniques of stand-up comedy but the main thing you have to do is go on stage and do it. It's a thing that happens. Stand-up comedy happens between you, the performer, and the live audience. It's not a thing that you can learn how to do. It's not like, oh, you can learn how to play the guitar, and then when someone sees you do it, you kill it. You know, you got to go on stage. And so what most people are taking a stand-up comedy class for is that authorization to feel like, look, I've got a right to be on stage because I just finished this class. And they don't realize, like, hey, you're in charge. You're in charge of authorizing yourself. That's not something that someone else is in charge of. You're in charge of authorizing yourself. And most of the time, when we don't authorize ourselves, it's because we don't feel worthy. and uh, or, or we don't feel worth it or, or loved or whatever. And you're, you can change that about yourself. That's software that you can change and you can authorize yourself. Now, I wouldn't authorize myself to perform uh, open-heart surgery, but uh, <laughs> I'd authorize myself to do stand-up or sing a song at karaoke or uh, give someone advice on how to make a delicious Christmas dinner. Um, 
Todd, you're saying I'm looking healthy today? Yeah, it was, you know what? I <laughs> that maybe that maybe because I went to jujitsu and <coughs> got my thumb bent. Um, expecting perfection is one of your biggest obstacles from yourself and others. Pick yes, it, it's weird, isn't it? And I think that 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 perfectionist anytime. Anytime that somebody is an external perfectionist, they're demanding perfection from others. A lot of times it's because that's what they do to themselves. Now, you have to, you want to show the same compassion, in my opinion. I think I'm on solid ground here. You want to show the same compassion towards yourself that you would show to others. In, in other words, I think um, sometimes we're hard on ourselves but then other people make a mistake and we want to be nice. Well, give them a break, take it easy, but I've got to be perfect. And I think that that can be a real pitfall. And uh, I mean, it can, it, it, these, these things can manifest themselves all kind of different ways. But yeah, that, that expecting perfection, uh, you know, everybody needs to cut themselves some slack. Of course, you want to, you want to do your best. And of course, uh, you want to improve over time. But uh, you also have to acknowledge that, look, nobody's perfect even the most perfect athletes have a bad day even the smartest people make a mistake and so uh cut yourself some slack oh jen thank you for the happy birthdays you missed on friday well how about some happy birthdays for jen and today i've got this vintage accordion oh happy birthday Um, we did sing happy birthday on Friday, but I just thought since you were here in person, I would blast that out to you. Happy birthday. Uh, I have to say, uh, this, which I've said already on the show in the context of someone else's, uh, birthday who was turning 50, uh, that my fifties were better than my forties. So, uh, look out (laughs) here. You come (laughs) awesome. You had a fantastic birthday. I'm glad, I'm glad about that. Buckmoth caterpillars, Scott says. Is that the ones that I was talking about? I'm guessing. <laughs> Rich Ebola caterpillars. I don't think there are Ebola ca- caterpillars. Um, Flavia, you're saying you don't like biting insects? Not a fan? Well, what a, what a coincidence. I also do not enjoy biting insects. These caterpillars I'm talking about, they don't even bite you. It's just some kind of uh, toxin that's on their spine. So they can just fall out of a tree and brush your arm and you get this hot, stinging burn, like a hot, stinging burn that's so hot and stinging that you feel like you've got to go to the hospital. And it's not, they don't come out every year. They're sort of like these locusts where they're, they're not there, and then every once in a while they show up. Um, <laughs> you've taken to calling them butter dick caterpillars. Keys, well, quality move. You can never go wrong calling someone a butter dick. Well, maybe you can you got up at up to 77 there, Pick. Nice. Beautiful sunny day. Took your mom for a drive through her childhood neighborhood uh, and your childhood neighborhood. That's a, that's a pretty nice drive. Um, oh, Scott, you're saying the hair is like glass filament. Yeah, it's dangerously painful. It's got some toxin in it, too. Um, Oh, you got the first Pfizer vaccine on Saturday, uh, Brad. Awesome. Congratulations. I've had, that's the one that I got. So far, so good. Uh, 
hyper-focused on, oh, Darren, okay, keys. You're saying these caterpillars that you, you've got are smaller, and when on the ground, they move like an inchworm. Interesting. Um, yeah, some of the caterpillars just do that little marchy leg thing like this, and some of them do the hunch-up inchworm thing. Oh, that's not right. How do they go? They go like that. That's inchwormy, sort of. Um, all right. You're hyper-focused. Darren's saying we are hyper-focused on pleasing others. We friggin' forget to be focused on making ourselves uh, comfortable in our own skin as it is. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, I mean, I think being focused on pleasing other people is is not a bad thing. But, uh, you know, like on the airplane, you got to put your own mask on first. You got to save yourself before you can save anybody else. You got to love yourself before uh, before you worry about loving other people. Um, but uh, wait a little. Uh, what are you saying, Brad? You hurt your ears? I'm not sure. Uh, did I make a loud noise? Sorry. Oh, that, that must have been the accordion. <laughs> And the dogs. Okay, I got you now. <laughs> that was rough, Wade. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure my according playing and singing. I can't really win that there. Uh, uh, win any singing contest, but I did give it a go. So there you go. New Orleans doesn't put those caterpillars in the brochures. No, Todd, they do not. Don, you made a mistake once. You got a 99 on a spelling test when you were in third grade. Well, uh, you're doing great. You're going to have to let go of that one, buddy. <laughs> I can't remember your exact age, but uh, that's been a while ago. Um, your dad always said he thought he had made a mistake <laughs> once, uh, but he was wrong. Yeah, that's a solid joke, Julie. Everybody loves that one. Um that's a that's a good one. Uh, I did get this uh, postcard. I can't remember if Laura's here today. Greetings uh, in Oakland. But I did get this second, my second lovely post postcard um, from Laura. And this one is from Las Vegas, Nevada. Vintage Las Vegas. But here's the beautiful Mandalay uh, Bay. That's, that's the nice one if you go there. Although I have to say the Bellagio, that fountain, is worth it. Um, so anyway, thank you. Thank you, Laura, for another postcard. That was terrific. Um, <laughs> Keys, you think it's a spring canker worm? Uh, I've never heard of those, but that sounds uh, terrible. Spring canker worm. Oh, speaking of, well, I don't want to say speaking of terrible. I will say, coincidentally, I'm not quite finished, so who knows? They could save this one. But, <laughs> but I, we've got HBO Max, and so HBO Max wanted me to watch Godzilla vs. King Kong, and I'll admit, I also wanted to watch that. And uh, I can I can say this about it. We've finally done it. We have made the cutting-edge technological version of King Kong versus Godzilla that for its time is as kind of weirdly... Uh, I, and not amateurish, but the, just the story. It's just like, what? 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 Anyway, um, check it out. It's free. Oh, the, and it does lose a little bit. I'm watching it on a tiny iPad. I bet if you go see um, King Kong versus Godzilla on, or Godzilla versus Kong on a giant 72 millimeter print with stereo surround, blah, blah, blah. It's like a giant monkey is chasing you around a cave. And then, how awesome is that? That's the sensation. When I'm not bending my thumb backwards doing jujitsu, I love to feel like 
a giant monkey is chasing me around a cave. And if you're like me, you're going to be super happy you watch Godzilla vs. Kong. And that's my movie review of the day. If you could compete for a $1 million prize on any reality TV show, which would you choose? Oh, hmm. Well, all of those Get Married TV shows are out because uh, I'm already married. So I can't do any of that, The Bachelor or anything like that. Um, I don't know. I'm not really into trivia. I don't know what TV show. I, I remember when they used to do the Survivor. Those, those ones always sort of turned like it's not really Survivor. I don't know. I don't think I want to compete for a million-dollar prize on a reality TV show. They have those last comic standings. If those were for a million dollars, would I compete on it? I guess, because I don't... I mean, I'd love to I'd love to win a million dollars. Coincidentally, I'm only a couple million dollars set, uh, short for being set for life. But um, I'd love to win a million dollars, but it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't kill me to not win a million dollars because I do that every day. <laughs> I fail to win a million dollars every day of my life so far. So, um, I think I could go on a show. The problem with these competition things, and, I, and I'm speaking as a guy who won uh, a comedy competition in 1986 in San Francisco, and it was a big deal, and it was very helpful to me. But the problem with competitions is um, you have to have the mentality that you're gonna win, that you could win and that you're going to win. And so, at the end of the competition, one person, is satisfied and all of the other people even the person who came in second are dissatisfied and uh, as much as you try and give yourself the rational real story that uh, you know look the odds are that even if everybody is exactly the same the best ever uh, 99% of us are going to be disappointed uh, you still can't protect yourself from the disappointment that you feel at the end of it so um, I suppose, I suppose I would be interested in that million dollar comedy competition, kind of, but then it would just, my feelings would get hurt and I'd start to feel like, oh my God, I, my joke was funnier than that guy's joke. And how come he came in first and I came in third tonight? And, oh, on second thought, it's not worth the trouble. I don't think I want to be on a game show for a million dollars. And that's not because I, I don't love myself. It's because I do love myself. <laughs> So there you go. Um, Darren, you still enjoy the old Godzilla movies from Japan, the guy in the rubber suit <laughs> stepping in a miniature city classic? Well, I have to say that this that this Kong is is cutting-edge technology, but, but they've sort of captured the best artificial intelligence CGI fake giant monkey Godzilla that looks super realistic with human beings acting with it but they but they've but they've they've got all of that all of this cutting edge technology beautifully executed and they still kind of have that uh zeitgeist or aura or aroma or that little subtextual flavor of <laughs> lameness and and that maybe is what i'm enjoying about it most so there you go um, <laughs> pick you want to win a million on a cooking show but you'd need Uma to be the proxy well Uma's going to want some of that movie Naked and Afraid of Biting Insects <laughs> David, good one
okay. Alan versus Pharaoh. Wow. I'm not sure what you're talking about there. Oh, Keys, you're asking if anyone's seen Alan versus... I didn't want to watch it. I, I just... Uh, I But um, heavily Pharaoh-leaning. Pharaoh yeah. <sighs> You think lesser of Woody Allen now afterwards, Jen? Well, yeah, I'm, I, it's hard to defend Woody Allen. He's, he's a little bit of a weirdo and a creep, uh, even, if, even if he didn't molest Dylan. But uh, anyway, Don, you got enough money to last the rest of your life unless you want to buy something. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to put that down in the book of things that... Uh, Things I'm going to say, like uh, the other the other one, I made a mistake once, and then I realized I was wrong. Um, um, it'd be fun to do. Who Who wants to be uh, a millionaire, Ed? Yeah, except I'm sure that I wouldn't be able to go all the way. Uh, that's That's my problem there. Just checking in from Augusta, Georgia, Bob. Well, congratulations! You're going to go play the uh, what's the uh, golf. I'm sure that uh, <laughs> you're down there doing your thing. It's extra creepy when they start going over all his movies that are him and a much younger woman. Much. Yeah, Jen, well, that was, that's been going on and creepy for a while. Of course, when I first started watching Woody Allen movies, I, I didn't really notice that about it because I just didn't. You know, I thought he was funny and it never occurred to me like, oh, Mary L. Hemingway is tw 19 or 20 or whatever and he must be 40. <laughs> Weird. Uh, that was a lot of soul searching over that reality show question. Well, Todd, you know, you <laughs> I'm trying to fill up a half hour every day, buddy, for almost a year. Um, <laughs> thought you wrote aliens versus Pharaoh. Now I would watch that Godzilla versus Pharaoh. Oh my goodness. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in all the way in, uh, Godzilla versus Pharaoh, uh, Godzilla versus, uh, uh, Kong versus Pharaoh. I like that one too, a three-way. Um, anyway, Predator versus Pharaoh. <laughs> These are all good. Uh, Scott, you're saying Woody Allen is another old-timey music guy whose style uh, and dedication you respect and whose entire life ethic outside of music sucks. Yeah, well, there you go. Godzilla versus Alien. Yeah, I, I, that's a good one right there. That's a good one right there. Or Predator. Um, I just want to get Predator in there, too. Over a year at this point, your first anniversary was last Friday, right? I think, Ed, my first anniversary was uh, March 26th, according to, I think, uh, Julie posted that in the chat. I did I did an early one, and then maybe I didn't call it the daily briefing until um, right around April 1st. But uh, there we go. Um, <clears throat> still love Take the Money and Run, probably your favorite Woody Allen movie, E. Benjamin. Um, yeah, I like take, I like those old ones too. I like Take the Money and Run. I like Sleeper. Uh, I like Bananas. Um, those those ones. Those ones I liked, but uh, <laughs> Predator versus Allen. I think you've got a winner, yet, Jen. Uh, congratulations on your birthday. You've won today's uh, Woody Allen movie mashup uh, joke contest. Predator versus Allen. No more calls. Okay, dinner time. Uh, Darren, have a great dinner. You'll get the STD later. Yeah, well, congratulations. I'm just about to do the STD. It's, uh, 
it's uh, three twenty-nine, and I'm going to, um, and I'm going to. Rich, you didn't know about the daily briefing until April. Yeah, well, I wish that more people were watching it. Obviously, but that's show business for you. It's three uh, thirty now by my watch, and I'm getting ready to go jump in the ocean. I've had my first day back at jujitsu. My thumb feels slightly better just in the half hour we've been doing the show, so I like my chances tomorrow. Um, Sleeper was your favorite, Don. Yeah, uh, that's one of my faves as well. And now it's time for Seize the Day. Oh, but before Seize the Day, let's have a quick preview of tomorrow's Bible story because uh, we're sort of, we've sort of been pounding through uh, the plagues and Passover. And uh, tomorrow's Bible story is the crossing of the Red Sea. Uh, that's a big special effect, if you remember the movie. And, of course, we've got a letter from Grandma. So that's tomorrow on The Daily Briefing. But now it's time for Seize the Day. Seizing the Day. I'm getting ready to seize this one. Here we go. Uh, seize the Day. Today is... <sighs> Who should we do today? I'm just paging through here. Ken Venturi. In honor of you, Uh Bob Ken Venturi, uh, I'm I'm pretty positive he was a golfer, and uh, if not a golf, con, con, uh, if not a, he's a, he was a golfer. Ken Venturi, um, I don't believe you have to be better than everybody else. I believe you have to be better than you ever thought you could be. Hmm. That's right. I don't believe you have to be better than everybody else. You don't have to be better than everybody else. You just have to be better than you ever thought you could be. But in light of today's uh, Motivational Monday, first you got to believe that you could be better than you believe that you could be. And then you got to go out and do it. <laughs> so try and believe that you can be better than you believe that you could be. And then um, get on that phone that they have in Fukushima that's a payphone where you can call up uh, your long passed away relatives because I think Ken Venturi is now dead and you can disagree with him on any well you can disagree with him on any phone uh, that you want uh, so try and believe that you can be better than you believe that you can be and I will see you tomorrow and meanwhile don't give up there'll be plenty of time to give up later take care of yourselves and each other uh, it's a pleasure to be back for another week of the daily briefing and uh, another week of our lives together uh, Love to love you guys. See you tomorrow.